welcome back to the Riding the Wall podcast. I'm Chad. And I'm Justin. And we're going to talk some more NASCAR. Unedited, unfiltered. Still getting that dirt off our face. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And out of our ears. It's caked. Um, Just got random stuff to talk about today. We're going to talk about Bristol, uh, what we thought about the race, look ahead to Martinsville, talk about our fantasy, of course, and our fantasy standings. Don't want to don't want to confuse people there. It could be a you know. That, could, that'll be for the off season. We'll yeah. talk about fantasies. <laughs> <laughs> HR wanted to hear some stories. We, that, those would be some stories yeah. right there. Uh, don't judge we, me for right. what you're going to hear. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And we'll just talk about whatever else comes up there in the middle. Um, first thing wanted to talk about i thought about this uh, over the week and i kind of jotted it down so i wouldn't forget about it but um, you know last week when we were talking um while we were on while we were recording we had the hendrick penalties got updated no no i'm sorry it was the colleague yeah colleague justin haley yes got updated and his penalties were not the same as the hendrick cars um colleague they gave him back 25 points, but that's about it. Uh, 25 driver points and owner points kept the crew chief suspended for four weeks, and his is going to going to start actually last week at Bristol, um, and he'll be out for three more weeks. Well, it kind of seems like maybe they gave him, maybe they had Colleg Racing those points back for using the appeal system. <laughs> <laughs> they might have i mean that's the only thing you can come up with really yeah is, i mean it's... i mean thanks for using our appeal board right here's what we'll give you back you yeah. know because they you know the same crime was committed mm-hmm. as far as we know unless there's something right. they're not telling us right so and um that brought up a big to do about the transparency with the penalty system and the appeals system and why they decide the way they decide. Um, so we can talk about that for a little bit. Um, I and I said when I as I was reading it last week while we were recording, I said my thoughts on it were it's bullshit. You know, the same crime happened, like you said, as far as we know. Right. The the same issue happened to both teams. Or all teams involved, and four out of the five teams got everything, as far as points wise, got uh, given back to them. Yeah, all four Hendricks teammates, yes. they kept the same punishment on them. All four. Yes. And Justin Haley with Colleague Racing, the lone wolf outside of Hendrick, mm-hmm. that got dinged the same thing, mm-hmm. got got his reduced, basically since reduced. Yeah, he, yeah, he had, he got twenty five points given yeah. back to him, whereas the Hendrick guys got all one hundred of their points given back, um, which leads us into this big transparency talk of why are we deciding the way we are? You know, um, why is this appeals board deciding the way they are? Now, every appeals board is different as far as who is on the appeals board and how they decide you know it's it's people that's not associated with nascar so they have no influence they have no no uh, nothing to gain right they have nothing to gain they have no skin in the game really so it's not going to affect them at all so that way they can come up with a fair um 
Keep it honest. Yes, keeping it honest. And uh, and I agree with that. That's the way it should be. <clears throat> but uh, why are they deciding the way they are as far as these two penalties levied on the same day for the same reason to the same um, to the same manufacturer? You know, but yet we're coming up with different outcomes when it comes to the appeals part of it. Um, so there's no transparency. So, and I even said I I don't agree with it. I agree with NASCAR's part. They they penalized them all the same. So NASCAR was keeping it down the line. Yep. They were doing the right thing as far as NASCAR goes in the sanctioning body. But uh, the appeals board is what what brings us into question. So. I just, <clears throat> I just, I just wonder where their heads at. Why, why do they decide what they decide and how they come up with it? Um, and I think NASCAR was the same way. They were thinking well, the same and thing. And to me, this is where the, this is where the process is falling short. I think the appeals board is a good thing, but where the process is falling short to me is, like we've talked about the last three episodes, communication. Mm-hmm. NASCAR should make that public when they make that decision. Here's why we the appeals board decided this for college racing and this for Hendricks Motorsports. Yeah. You know, that that, that needs to be put out there. Mm-hmm. So there isn't favoritism, judgment and those actions being shown. Yeah, and that way maybe part of the fan base for this sport does not start hollering um conspiracy theory or golden child or golden team or whatever Hendrick is the favorite whatever they want to say um, at least we know why they're deciding the way they are and um, and that led NASCAR after that penalty came out NASCAR decided to change some rules now whether they've actually got it in a book or not I'm not sure um, I'm not involved in that obviously but um, I believe they do and they have rewritten the rule because before it said <clears throat> uh, the appeals the decision of the appeals board would not be publicized. Basically, we're just going to keep it all quiet. Hush, hush, this is what you got, and this is what you got, and that's the end of it. We're going to go our separate ways. We're going to keep going. Well, now, because of this, and everybody's hollering transparency, as they should, um, NASCAR has changed it to where the appeals board decisions can, and, and I believe the wording of this was can be publicized, so there is a little bit more transparency. And it should be moving but forward. It sounds like NASCAR is trying to get out in front of it because you know how it e- how easy it is to lose fans. Oh, you yeah. know what I'm saying? In yeah. any sport. Especially these days where you have so many options of other things to go to. Right. You got so many channels, so many options. But I mean you know, you don't want people to start screaming favoritism and you know, because I mean you're gonna have people you're going to have Hendrick fans, you know, cheering or booing. You're going to have college racing fans cheering or booing. Some, somebody's not going to be happy about this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you, to me, you get out in front of it. You make it public. This is why we went with this. Mm-hmm. Here's our reasoning. And you got that transparency out there. But it, it really is easy, super easy to lose fans right now. And the last thing, you know, look what the strike in, in the 90s did to baseball you know yeah i've never been a baseball fan can't stand baseball no me either it's too but, boring right so 
But that's the last thing we want is to lose fans over over something as small as communication. Yeah, something that can easily be prevented. And um, they're also going to put out the parts in question. Like, this was over a card part that was not supposed to be altered in any way, right? So now any of the parts in question that get repoed, um, so they can look at it, and, and these are the, let's say these are the parts that get, um, they're the parts that you got in trouble for. In this case, it would be the hood louvers. And um, they are going to start putting them out there for everyone to see. Yeah. This is the colleague hood louvers that got them penalized, and this is why. And that way everybody can see it. Don't do this, or this is going to be the penalty you get. This is a no-go. Yes. This is a go. Yes. And... Right, and I, I think that's a good thing. You know, it's kind of shame on you. We're going to show everybody what you've done. Right. That way, you know. Can't say you didn't know to these other teams. Right. It that way, moving that. forward, you've had the opportunity to see it. So now when that penalty comes handed down to you because you've done the same thing, it's it's going to be harder to appeal. Um, and I don't think that was – that's not their intention is to You're not their discourage – or discourage. Right, discourage them from using the appeals uh, process uh, because I haven't talked to anyone that thinks it's a bad idea, right? You know, um, But it's kind of a way to let them know, hey, this is what's happening. Don't do this. So, and along that lines, they are also... Uh, let's see if I can bring them back. I had it in my head here just a second ago. NASCAR is also going to my mind just went blank <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long day but NASCAR is also um, going to I, th- I think while I'm trying to think of what I was going to say I think NASCAR is should make it a little bit more black and white in the rule book. I mean, I don't I don't see how much more black and white it can get, you know, you do not alter the parts in any way. That's that's as basic as it gets, right? I mean, to me, you alter a hood louver or you you alter your fuel tank to where it holds a half a gallon more than the rest of it. It's mm-hmm. the same punishment. You're right. altering a part on that car. Yes. You're altering the car. Yes. So I mean, yeah, it's not as, I mean, yeah, a half gallon of gas is a lot more to me. Yeah. I'd rather have a half gallon of gas than mm-hmm. not, but it may, it may, it's going to give you a lot more curve than a hood louver probably, but altering the car in any way. Right. It's exactly. altering the car. Yep. It's, it's so pretty you, plain. You've got to be black and white with it. It don't matter if you're altering a hood louver, a spoiler, if you're shaving down a tire. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Don't alter anything to do with these cars. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember what I was going to say now. They're also putting in the rules um, to where if, if you get penalized, like let's throw out the colleague, for example, they got penalized, everything that they've got. So moving forward, the penalty is going to be, it's going to be this, right? It for whatever it is, you know, they're going to have a penalty set for that. And then the appeals panel, they cannot just overturn a penalty. They cannot just add to the penalty. They ha- it, they're going to have a window that they can fall into. You know, you can, you can 
let's say for the Hendrick, you know, it was 100 points, the crew chief suspension, the $100,000 fine. So something like that, maybe for a, for a monetary fine, they can either add $50,000 or take $50,000, but that's the window. It can be up to 150 or it can be down to 50, but it's it has to fall into that. It can't go down to zero, right? Or with the points, they got penalized 100 points, maybe moving forward next time it it might be they can add 50 or take 50, but right. they can't go back down to zero. You know, so there has to be a window for this appeals board. Well, and, and with this appeals board, this appeals board being new, they're setting a the bar right now. Right. You know, and that's that's. I think you when you're doing that, you have to be on the stricter side more than the lenient side. Yeah. So it don't get out of control. Mm-hmm. You need to set the bar really, really strict. Yeah. So. In the future, I mean, if they would have done, if if they would have penalized each of them teams with half of what they did, you know, now now the appeals board can take it even lower. You know what I'm saying? In the right. future, mm-hmm. so I think it's a good thing they went strict, mm-hmm. and you have to. Yeah, so I I I do believe that this colleague decision really kind of pissed off NASCAR. I think the Hendrick one pissed off NASCAR. And, uh, you know, that's that may be reason why the colleague didn't go as extreme as the Hendrick penalty did. Maybe that might be why they didn't give all the points back, because they're already pissing off NASCAR, and they don't want to do that too much. Fuel um, the fire. Just, right, just my opinion, <laughs> and which gives us, kind of leans us into this next one, which was the Denny Hamlin penalty from Phoenix. Um, Where he admitted... On a Tuesday that it wasn't an accident that he got into Ross Chastain. Yes, he admitted on his podcast that he did it on purpose. And then he gets hit with a $50,000 fine and I believe it was 25 points? Yeah. Okay. So So he appealed that. And he appealed that and it was not out yet as of last week's recording, but then the next day it came out and it was upheld. And I, we both kind of thought last week that it would be upheld. Right. So... After that, he went to his podcast and he explained his uh, case that he presented to them. And basically, the whole process involved is what he talked about. Now, I've I've only listened to a couple of, of Denny's podcasts, and this was one of them, just because I wanted to hear what he presented and how he presented it. And um, after listening to it, I, I kind of side with Denny. You know, he, he made a very good case um, because they they went after him for three things, and I'm not sure if I can remember all three right now, but I know the one, number three, was actions detrimental to the sport. Number two was um, altering the, the outcome, outcome of, of a race yep. or a championship, or, and the other one was intentionally causing an accident, which would cause another racer to be taken out of the event or something like that. I, f- I forget the exact wording, but that's summarizes yeah, that sums it. sums it up. Yeah, which, and he presented his case that he didn't take anyone out of the event. The guy, him and Ross continued. He didn't spin anybody out. He didn't, um, he, he had, he had the uh, analytics of the car to show that he was taking that turn. Um, the way he should have. 
Well, with less speed, and the car wasn't handling as good. I mean, he, he had the analytics to show that. Well, right, and most times when when somebody intentionally takes somebody out of a race, they drive into a corner a lot harder than they should. You know what I'm saying? So yes. you, you got those analytics to show you went even even weaker than you normally would. That, that helps your case. Right, and he, and he had that. Um, he had the analytics to prove that his car wasn't handling good because it was late in the race, he was on bad tires, all of that. He, had, he made a really good case. He also had... A case. The case of not not affecting the outcome of right. the race, number two that he was hit with, mm-hmm. you know, because him and Ross wasn't fighting for the lead. Right, they wasn't fighting they, for they the lead. They wasn't up front. No, they didn't spin out. They both continued. Right. Um, so what was happening up front continued to happen. He had no bearing on the outcome of this race. Um, and that they were both fighting for position. They wasn't... He wasn't a lap down. He wasn't three laps down. They were both fighting for this position, which right. is expected, right? And then the third one was actions well, detrimental. Well, let's, let's take a step back. You, you brought up earlier when you and I was talking how, you know, he presented his case that we wasn't fighting for position up front. We were back here doing our thing. Mm-hmm. But he even presented the case of last year at Bristol, uh, when Chase Elliott came out of the pits and intentionally blocked Kevin Harvick, that did affect the outcome of a race because Kevin was fighting for the lead yes. on, on Kyle Larson. You and I were there, but he presented that to the board as well. And he even presented their radio chatter that said, when you go out there, he was, let me know where the four is at so I can help the five. Right. So he basically gave proof that Chase went out there to slow Harvick down so that Larson could win the race to help his teammate, which was not penalized in any way. No, it wasn't even, well, I mean, it was talked about, but there was no penalty discussed for right. that. Not even a black eye. Right. You know? Um, so he had a few um, examples of that. He said, I'm not even going back to the 90s or the early 2000s. Really? All of he this. had really good points. He did. He had really good points on everything that he presented. And. If you go to it, his, his podcast is Actions Detrimental, and uh, it's only like a 30-minute episode, and they kind of cut right to the chase. So it's it's a really good listen. If you get time, um, then maybe you might be able to um, maybe see things from his side, whether you're a Denny Hamlin fan or not. I know there's a lot of people out there that are not. I know you're not one. I'm not really a fan. He doesn't really affect well, I me mean, positive or I, negative. I, I'm, not, I'm, right. not, I'm not a big Denny Hamlin fan, but I'll never say this person's wrong because I don't like them. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Right. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm all about the, the fair and equal justice. Right. You know, if, I don't, I if, don't. It, if it calls for a penalty, penalize them. I don't care if they're my favorite driver or not, right. you know. Exactly. And and I just feel like after listening to him, if everything he said was true, which why would he have a reason to lie? I mean, hell, the guy come right out and said, yeah, I took him out. Right. I mean, speaking on that same point, going back to Bristol last year when Chase did that to Kevin Harvick, I'm a, I like Chase Elliott. Mm-hmm. I liked the kid, but I could have beat his ass last year. I guarantee you. You know what I'm saying? No, like, I seen well, your we face. There, you yeah. were steaming. Yeah, I was looking for him. I was going to ass punch him. You might have been madder than Harvick was. <laughs> <laughs> you, hold on, you were going to ass punch him? Have you ever been punched in the ass? No. It hurts. <laughs> Think about that. <laughs> I'm not playing. You can't even I mean, walk. I fell off the bike and hit the bar in the no, front. You no, know, no, that's between the bit. Get punched in an ass cheek. It hurts. It cramps you up, and it affects the way you walk, and... 
I'm, I'm just okay. <laughs> I've never thought of it like that, but I'm, yeah, I'm you're, sure. right. When, you're right. When I get really mad, I'll ass punch somebody. I won't hit them in the face. <laughs> I've done lost all my train of thought now. <laughs> but anyway, he, Denny made really good points, and <clears throat> he even said the people on the uh, the appeals board was he thought was pretty favorable for him because one of them was uh, the head of Bowman Gray Stadium which you know like he said in his podcast I, f- I feel like I'm repeating a lot of it and I might be but Bowman Gray makes their living off of wrecks and controversy and drama and all that stuff so he thought hey this might work out good for me you know right. let's but in the end it didn't you know um, they just kind of broke for 15 minutes to decide what they were going to decide and he come back and he said it's all upheld penalty monetary it's all upheld so i don't understand that one no, basically um, he i mean like we talked earlier you know he's being penalized for being honest right that's what, and that's all it comes down to yeah and he even said so are you penalizing me for my actions on the track or are you penalizing me for my words and they said point blank we're penalizing you for your words and that is not a good precedent to establish right yeah um because there's a lot of guys that say a lot of things in the heat of the moment that now you have to start penalizing for yep if you, you're going you just set the bar you've set the tone for yeah you, you, i mean anybody says anything remotely close to admitting something you're gonna have to penalize them now because you penalized any handler for it even if it's three days later yep you know and that's to me i don't like that I just think I that's a bad that. can of worms to open. Well, I mean, these guys are athletes. Yeah. You know, they are. They're top-level athletes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, these guys, they got skin in the game. They're passionate about their job, their sport, their career. They're going to be vocal at mm-hmm. some point. You can't, you shouldn't penalize people for that. You know, because, I mean, if you if you just take some average Joe out there and don't give two shits about NASCAR, he might wreck or he might win yeah he but he ain't gonna be vocal about anything because he's 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 not passionate about it right but we want the best of the best out there doing their job Mm -hmm. entertaining us Mm -hmm. and performing for us and but on the same note a real nascar fan wants these guys to be honest and express emotion you know we do Mm mm-hmm and we like hearing that radio chatter. Absolutely. Because you know, that's it. when they're in that the heat of the moment. Exactly. That's when you get the honest, raw stuff. And now, do you have to penalize for the radio chatter? Because as we've seen at Bristol, Ryan Priest and, and Kyle Larson, there was talk on the Ryan Priest radio. If I get my chance, I'm going to hit, I'm going to. I don't know the exact words that he used retaliate or game back. Right. You know, and do you penalize for that? You're setting the bar here. So they're trying to make things more transparent on the NASCAR side, but at the same time, they're not doing themselves any favors with with the things like this Hamlin uh, penalty. And it's just... It's a fine line to walk. It's a very fine line to walk, and we're finding that out. It seems like every week that line is getting just a little bit thinner and a little bit thinner. And um, where does the stopping point come in at? You know, where do 
because I'm a fan and, and, and I like to keep up with the penalties and I like to know what's going on, but at the same time, you don't want to talk about penalties every week because that just kind of takes away from the action on the track. And it, it, it completely goes away from the boys have at it that we heard 10, 15 years ago or longer. And I'm all for boys have at it, and I think... I don't know of anybody that's against it, right? Including the well, drivers. Here, here's here's how I would handle that. If I'm a passionate NASCAR team, when you come into pit, my jack man is going to say, you know, let's say it's a, uh, let's go. I don't know. Let's go Roush. Okay. Team, you know, Roush, Fenway, okay. Keselowski, and you have this kind of issue happening out there on the track where they. Now they're being careful. They're not talking on the air. So you got Brad Keselowski and Chris Busher on Roush Fenway Keselowski. So somebody's done messed up Keselowski's outcome. Yeah. When Chris Busher comes into the pit, and I'm that crew chief, I'm going to say, hey, Jack, man, when he pulls in, I want you to yell in the window, take out number so-and-so. That affected Brad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now you're gonna get. Now you're gonna get off the air communication. Right. You know what I mean? And that's not that's not a good thing. Yeah. Um, we just because it's the fans like to hear the on air, mm-hmm. passionate discussions that they sometimes have. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean that's that's why we rent those headphones. That's why we rent those scanners to to listen to all that because we want to hear that driver cuss somebody out. We right. want to hear him. Um, discussing strategy with their crew chief we love that that's a lot of the reason of why we even go to the track because we could watch the race on tv you know but when you go to the track you can get that scanner you can get that you feel like you're part of it yeah and and we don't want to take that away yeah in any way you know we want these drivers to be like you said passionate we want them to show their emotions yeah i want to see that yeah even if they're i don't want to see no crying no, I don't want to see no crying, but even when I know we give Bubba a hard time on this channel a lot and, and a lot of it's well deserved. Some of it may not be, but a lot of it is. And like it's like when he took out Larson and we go back to this episode this situation. Situation a lot because it's it was obvious it was uh and everything that everything that it was, it was, you know. So we go back to that a lot. Even when he gets out of the car, he didn't admit to anything, but you could just see the anger on his face. You could you knew when he was talking. You knew what was going to happen before he even got close to Kyle Larson. Right. You know. And and when you could see that he was pissed off, you could see, you could hear what he was saying, and you knew it wasn't true, but you could still see the emotion. And, and that's what we want. <clears throat> even though I don't agree with putting a microphone in front of a driver's face as soon as he gets out of a car, it's probably not a bad idea. That's not a good idea, right. you know. I'd wait a couple of hours, but... I mean, I'm more, I'm more of in favor of letting them go at it. Yeah. You know, and not punishing them for that than I am for tying their hands even more. Right, because now you get, you're not letting the best in the business be the best in the business. Mm-hmm. You know, they each driver has a certain um, s- skill set or a... Uh, a way that they drive, you know, a, a certain way that they do things that got them to this point and this level. 
And if you're going to tie their hands now, now they can't be who they was that got them here. Now they have to be somebody else once they get to the top, and you don't want that. What I mean, let's look back over the years. If you look, if you take Dale Senior, he was always known as a rough driver. Never got penalized for it. He'd always speak his mind. I mean, basically, as soon as he get out of the car, yeah, I wrecked you, and then he'd give you that smile and he'd keep on walking. Nothing was ever done. But everybody knew and everybody knew it and he knew everybody knew it yeah didn't care i didn't mean to dump you yeah and he just kind of just meant to rattle your cage a little bit (laughs) but you know and that's kind of what they're doing now but yet we're getting penalized or we're getting fined for our words and and i just i don't like that precedent nascar doesn't need to change with the world you know what i'm saying and the world is changing to a very sensitive bullshit world right now we all know that oversensitive right overly sensitive very and nascar doesn't need to change with that no nascar was always a roughneck good old boy sport you know and it needs to stay that way that's that's why they have the fans i mean there ain't nobody says i'm a fan of watching cars go left all day you know what i'm saying it's it's about the sport and the sport just ain't about the cars going around the track Right. The sport is a, it's a, it's a, it says a lot about somebody's personality that they like NASCAR. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's, it's a, I don't know how you call it. It's, it's not a sport. It's kind of a lifestyle. You know? Yeah. It's, it's everything involved with it. It's not just cars going around in a circle. It's, it's the way Joey Logano is, or it's the way Kyle Larson is. It's the way <clears throat> Brad Keselowski is. You know, and, and each one of these drivers have their own personality, their own driving style, their yeah. own... How they mesh. Yes. You know. And so to put all of that, all of these different styles... And personalities. And personalities, even though they're not the same, they're all at the top level. They're all considered the best of the best, even though they're not the same. You know, like, and that's not something that you get in every other sport, like basketball. You know, you, you got these top basketball players. Well, LeBron James is in a lot of ways, very similar to Michael Jordan. Just Even though not they're not the same. Yeah, just not as good. <laughs> <laughs> one's the GOAT and one's, one's a pretty good ball player. But uh, but their skill set is a lot the same. <clears throat> you know, whereas, and same with baseball or football, you know, you got two quarterbacks. Their skill set's a lot the same. Well, I mean, you they look got at, them there. Yeah, you look at Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. Two greats. Yeah. Two greats that our generation has watched. Mm-hmm. Totally different play styles, but they're both great. Yeah. They are. I mean, mm-hmm. they're both Hall of Famers. They're both multiple Super Bowl winners. Yeah. But two totally different ways of playing the game. Mm-hmm. And that's what the fans enjoy. Yeah. I mean, if you've seen 32 Tom Brady's out there. It'd be you know, vanilla. It'd be, yeah, exactly. And we don't want that. And that's what I hope NASCAR keeps an eye on is. Don't don't tie these hands too much to where the sport becomes bland. Yes, because once it goes bland, it's it's tough to come back from that. Yeah, you know. Um. So that's all that happened this week, and then we had a race. Yeah. You know, we had. Uh, no, I think the dirt race, the Bristol dirt race this week. I think it was a good race. It was yeah, very I good. Mean, race. Track, I think it was the, the best was, dirt race that they've had so far. I agree. The track was. Phenomenal. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I mean, it was a classic dirt racing track, you know. 
and looked smooth as silk before they started racing. Right. I mean, and you don't see that a lot with dirt tracks. Right. And and the one the one time out of the three years they've had this race now, the one time they've had the perfect racetrack, look who won. A, a dirt, dirt racer. Yeah. You know. Yeah. They had some hoopties there. I think it was turn three or four. Mm-hmm. Three and four. They had about six or seven hoopties out there on that track. And that's what dirt guys call their hoopties. Um, big old potholes, basically. Um, they had a lot of them. But other than that, sometimes those hoopties will help you. Sometimes they well, don't. It makes it it <clears throat> makes it a more interesting race. Yeah. You know, because now, now we're going to see what these drivers could do to either use them or avoid them you know what i mean mm -hmm. some they're going to hurt some they're going to help mm -hmm. so and that's that's the beauty of dirt in my mind a dirt racing is a totally different uh, it's just a totally different way of racing than a lot of well people as don't. the track conditions change you have to change yes and that's what makes it great that's what makes it in incredible because when you start the race the track is going to be a certain way 20 laps in it's going to be different 20 laps after that it's going to be more different 20 laps after that it's going to be even more different so that track is always evolving just like your car is just like your tires are and that's where a true wheel man a true wheel man a true wheel um, a true racer somebody that's paying attention to not only his car but the track you know like you go to Martinsville, that track's going to be the same. Now it's going to lay down a little bit of rubber. You know, the track temperature is going to change, but that's that's basically about it. They can you know, plan for that. They but they also you also when when they're when they're on asphalt or concrete or whatever, mm -hmm. you can have green flag pit stops to adjust your car if you need to. Yeah, dirt you don't. No, you know so that that's what makes it great is these guys are out there with a track that's evolving with a car that's evolving. Now it's all on the driver because you take the pit you take your pit crew out of the out of the variable yeah you know so it, it's it's on the driver now that's right. why and i that's, love it that's what i was going to say with with some of these other tracks you know it's you've got the pit stops like you were saying to evolve your car to the driver when you go to dirt that driver is evolving to the car and the track so yeah. that driver is always changing he always has to not only know what these other guys, what line these other guys are running, but be able to change his line maybe to get around them. Because if you're both running the same line, you're not going to get anywhere, right? Yep. You're just going to follow the leader. So you have to be able to go down low or go up high. And like the that's Navy's, not always easy. Just like the Navy SEALs say, adapt and overcome. Adapt and overcome, that's right. You know, and that's, and that's exactly what dirt racing is. Right. You, the best car doesn't always win. I mean, and that's in all of racing, I understand that, but it's especially true in dirt because what a lot of people don't understand, if you don't have any experience on dirt, when that track starts getting black, and you see that with most dirt tracks, yeah. you know, some tracks are more, more notable for doing that, and uh, that black part of the track is hard as a rock. I mean, it is just like going out here on the highway, and it, it's that hard, but there is absolutely no grip on that right, whatsoever. It's, yeah, it's slick. It's slick, and that's why they call it black slick. So when you get down there and you throw that car into that curve on that black part of the track, you're sliding up, and that's where you get a lot of slide jobs. Mm -hmm. um, but when that track, the brown part of that track, it's real sticky, it's real tacky, has a lot of moisture still and in that's it. That's why you see the ass end of these cars up high. Mm -hmm. You see that right rear hugging that brown part of the track. The front wheels are on the black. Yes. 
so, so they can adjust easily, steer mm-hmm. easily, and their back end is getting that traction. Yes. So that is... Somebody must be here. I hear the dog barking. Yeah. <laughs> um, might might guard, be Chase Elliott after guard, that Asperger's comment. <laughs> guard dog's always watching. But, uh, yeah, that when it comes to dirt, that's the thing. And, and as that track, as that black part of the track moves up, you're getting less and less tacky. And so these drivers, they want the tacky. They don't want the black. They don't want to race on this black part because that's not where the grip is. So as... As they move up, so does the black part. They run that little bit of brown. After a little while, it becomes black. And they, they're always moving up. You so want to slowly work up, if anything. Yes. You know. And that's and usually when you see um, when you see these guys, like you've seen Kyle Busch a lot on this race, he, he would just jump up top. Even early in the race, when there wasn't a whole lot of black on the track, he was going ahead and he was starting to establish that lane up there. That way, when people couldn't use that bottom anymore, they were having to come up to his line, but he was already using it, and he was already getting around people. And you can carry that momentum off the curves a lot better with uh, with the dirt when you're going up high. And that's the lower part of the track is the slower part of the track. Uh, that high groove is faster, carries that RPM off the turn and stuff, and that's what we were seeing a lot of. But uh, Fantastic race. It was. Incredible race. I loved it. Um, I know we keep hearing a lot of people saying, hey, we shouldn't be out here doing this. Even Kyle Larson said we don't need to be racing on dirt. I know we've heard a lot of guys that aren't really dirt guys I, been saying that past couple years. I'm I'm more for dirt, dirt than I am road courses. I am too. Period. Um, just because of the... Um, for me, it's the excitement. It's the nostalgia of NASCAR. You know, that's where NASCAR, that's NASCAR's roots. Right. You know, so if anything, you know, let's go more dirt and less road course. That's yeah. my opinion. I would love to see I, them be on an actual dirt I track. Would, I'd love to see them at Eldora. That's where yeah. I think they need to be. I mean, that, that's a beautiful track. They got plenty of parking. The The, the atmosphere is freaking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a blast every time you go there. And you carry a lot of speed on that track. Yeah, absolutely. It's you a know. great dirt track. I mean, even these dirt lake models, which have more horsepower than a nascar hardly ever letting off the throttle right you know you just throwing it in there and carry it and around. i know i know tony pushed tony stewart i'm talking about he pushed for nascar to go to eldora before they even decided to go to bristol i don't know what the falling out was but it was it was some bullshit i'm I mean, sure it was you, you know. know but you know on the same note he had the right idea he had the vision before yeah. it was there and and I mean, I understand, and I see their aspect because Bristol will hold 120,000 people. I'm sure you can add some bleachers to Eldora, you know? You can add some seats. And it may have something to do with there's not a huge amount of stuff around Eldora. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's kind of like how Kentucky Motor Speedway was. Well, we've yeah. been to Bristol. There ain't a whole lot around there, there's except a Greek, a Greek restaurant. restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> what else you need? I mean, we, got a, we got a cooler, a porta potty, and a Greek restaurant, and a racetrack. Boy, yep. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree. I would. I would love to see. I would love to see them in Eldora. Yeah, it'd be awesome. It would be great. Keep pushing for it, Smoke. Yep keep pushing for it let bygones be bygones keep pushing for it i think it would happen you know if the fans especially if the fans speak out yeah nascar seems to listen to the I mean, fans they had a chicago street race this year yeah. so let's next year let's add a 
Eldora dirt race. Yeah, let's see how it goes. That's what you we're doing with Chicago. I mean, right? I, I think why not have a dirt race in the in the chase? I think we should. You know what I'm saying? We got road course, we got super speedway, we got short track. Throw a dirt race. In what there. are we missing? Yeah, we're missing a dirt. I agree. So let's throw a dirt race in the chase, and I think Eldora would be a perfect place for it. Oh yeah, that'd make it interesting. Heck yeah, it would. Um, I don't. You know, a lot of people saying I don't. I don't think we should be racing Bristol on dirt. I, I and I don't def. I definitely do not want to see Bristol get a, a date taken away. No, I think that is one of the keep tracks. The, keep the Bristol dirt. Keep the Bristol dirt. Keep the fall race. You know, the night race in the fall. Um, I think Bristol, like we've said before, Bristol is one of those tracks that deserves two races. Absolutely. I mean, I would not. I would not be offended if they went three races at Bristol no, in mean, a year. But... I mean, there. But there's tracks that we're hitting twice a year. Yeah. That we don't need to be. Right. You know, and and I'm talking Vegas, Phoenix, Atlanta. Yeah, I was big on the let's not go to Pocono twice, and they got rid of a second Pocono, so I'm good with that. Yeah, that's great. Now, Mm -hmm. you know, just like Charlotte, you know, they're doing, they do the Charlotte, the Coke 600, Mm -hmm. the normal Charlotte race, and then they get the Charlotte GP, the road course, or the 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 Roval. Yeah. You know, I wish they'd do the same thing at Indianapolis. They took took the Brickyard 400 away, and they installed the Indy GP. To me, it's like, do the same thing you're doing. I mean, Indy, of all places. Yeah. I mean, this Indianapolis is the heart and soul of racing, period, worldwide. Yeah. Let's make an Indy GP, and let's keep the Brickyard 400. Right. I mean, it'll. the people will come. Yeah. It will hold the people. Yeah. Um, and, and that's amazing facility. And Bristol, you know, it should keep two min- minimum two races a year. Talladega, two a year. Mm-hmm. Daytona, two a year. Yep. And... You know, I'm even good with Martinsville too a year just because it's a short track. Yeah, you gotta love the paper club. Yeah, which is where we're going this week. So, as far as Bristol, it was a great race. Um, I'd pick Chase Elliott or Chase Elliott. I'd pick Chase Briscoe to win. He almost made it, and I picked him before I knew he had a broken finger. Um, Which I don't know. I might have still picked him. I don't know. But you know, that's even that's even unheard of. Most athletes in basketball, football. Baseball, they don't play with broken finger anymore. No, you know, I mean that'll take somebody out for eight weeks. Yeah. In other sports, I mean, these guys see, are men. You, you see a lot of these NBA guys; they get a little, they get a little sore toe when they they're not playing. It's probably camel <laughs> <laughs> with that sport, <laughs> <laughs> right? But these guys, and you hear them all the time. You know, I mean, yeah, out <clears throat> with a broken pinky toe. Yeah, you know, I mean, come on. But these drivers, they, I mean, they their arm could be hanging by a limb, and and they're just duct tape it and get me in the car yeah, just tape I'm it gonna, to the shifter yeah you know just and <laughs> just something to put me in the car so that shows their passion and Absolutely. that's and that's what i like these, and, guys, these guys are true freaking athletes yeah they're very passionate about what they do and they're not going to get out of that car for nothing because they don't want to see anybody yeah. else driving their car and yeah. and chase even with a broken finger was still fighting for the lead you know and on a dirt race you're wrestling that wheel you know, it's 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 not easy. You know, your car has to be set up perfectly to not be wrestling that thing around. And uh, so, for him to do what he did is is it's amazing. Right. And most athletes these days, they take the easy way out. 
Yeah. You know, Chase Briscoe would have still got a paycheck whether he was in that car or not. You right. know what I mean? It mm-hmm. wasn't like it was he was doing it to feed his family. Mm-hmm. He's doing it because he's a man and he loves his job. Right. You know. He's passionate about what he does. Absolutely. So, and that's that's what most racers are about at any level. Even yeah. the, even even the grassroots here at the local tracks. Yeah, you even know, the Thursday Night Thunders over in Brownstown, Indiana. Exactly. Yeah. You know, they're they're going to get out there in that car and they're going to do what they do. I mean, the icebreakers in March. Yeah. You know, they're out there in freezing cold weather. That's right. Come we don't on. care. <laughs> you got a buddy heater right mm-hmm. next to me. You know? But anywho, I at the Bristol race, at the dirt race, I took Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and I was freaking pleased to get a fourth place. Yeah, I seen that, him early down there in the back and I thought, uh-oh. Oh, I, I, I was hoping. But he came up there. I was, I was pulling for him. I just kept waiting for him to screw me, but he, he pulled it out for me. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he saved me there, so I... Yeah. Pat on the back to Ricky. Yeah, it was it was a pretty good race. I mean, the only the only drama we got, I know my wife picked Logano. She was very disheartened by that. We might talk about that in a little bit, but because uh, that had something to do with our our fantasy standings. But um, yeah, she was very disheartened by Logano's performance, and I thought he would have done a lot better than what he did. But uh, well, I mean, that just shows you. I mean, I mean, Logano's got a win there. Mm-hmm. He's one of three people to get a win on the dirt. Yeah, and pat on the back for, to joey for doing it you know and he I'm dominated saying? the truck race just the night before right so i mean but that just goes to show that i mean you can't you know dirt races are very unpredictable it's not a gimme that's no. for sure so and the only drama that come out of that was what the ryan priest kyle larson incident which um i wasn't displeased with it no, I wasn't no. displeased with the race at all. I mean, I think it was a spectacular race. It well, was I mean, the best of I the mean, three. even with the the words back and forth, and you know the oh yeah, the Larson Priest. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, I, uh, I, I I appreciate that. You know, well, that's part of that's part of the whole racing is the drama part, and um, of course you're a Stuart Haas guy, so you're you're, you're Stuart Haas. <laughs> Stuart Haas guy punted Larson, so, um, and I'm a Larson guy. I'm not a Hendrick guy, but I'm, I'm a Larson guy. Yeah, I know. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I, was, uh, I was cheering Priest on there. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie about it. Yeah, I think I think uh, Priest got a little bit fussy for no reason early on. What caused the the whole incident was uh, he had a run coming off of one of the turns. I don't know if it's turn two or turn four, but he was going down the straightaway, and he had a good run up there by the wall. And Larson came up and kind of blocked him, slowed that run down, um, and he got mad about that. And he well, I mean, he bumped him. Right, but, but we're not we're not on asphalt. You know what I'm saying? Right. So. <laughs> and here's and here's the thing, with with this dirt, most dirt cars don't have rearview mirrors. You don't race with a mirror on dirt. If you're looking back, you're looking the wrong way. You're exactly. worried about the wrong shit. Exactly. Keep your eyes out that windshield and do what you need to do. Um, now with with this, and this is one of the problems I see with Bristol dirt is you're running the you're running the rearview mirror, which is not in any other form of dirt that I'm aware of, and you're running a windshield. I believe that windshield is a safety issue on these cars. I agree. It also affects the outcome of a race, NASCAR, if you're listening. That windshield hinders the drivers in so many ways. I know they got the tear-offs, but you don't have a green flag. You don't have pit stop opportunities to take that thing off. You know, Drivers should not be driving around with a duster inside the car to to wipe off their windshield, in my opinion. So, um, you know, we have these short track 
packages. We have the, the super speedway packages. Now we have these rain packages, you know, all these different setups for the car. Why can we not just have a dirt setup to where we take out the rear view mirrors, we take out the windshield. Everything else on the car can be like a NASCAR. But right. I just feel like you're going to get a better race if you take that windshield out. Right. Um, because you see you see the end car on some of these, and they can't see out the windshield. I don't know how they're driving. How can you expect this guy to go out there? They're driving because they got a spotter in their ear. That's how they're doing yeah, it. Yeah, and that, that shouldn't be the way. Right. You know, the spotter be. should not be driving that car. Because, I mean, we see radio communication faults all yeah. the time. Mm -hmm. You know, and if that guy loses communication, now we're talking a big safety issue. Right. But, no, I, and that's why I say maybe add another dirt race to the circuit, throw it in the chase. <clears throat> but because, I mean, you got Bristol dirt you know, one-third of the way into the season. you got 36 races a year. So 35 weeks of the year, 35 races of the of the season, you do go high to block. Mm -hmm. You don't do that on dirt. You, I mean, I'm not going to say you don't do it, but... You don't know you're doing it intentionally. Right, exactly. Yes, it's it's a habit because <clears throat> yeah. you're doing it 35 out of 36 races. Yeah. And maybe getting these guys more in tune with dirt by adding a second dirt race would help but mm -hmm. not only that i'm saying my main reason for saying this is add a dirt race is because you and i go to dirt races mm -hmm. i'd like to see some of these guys get more opportunity into nascar like the davenports yeah 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 i was hoping he would do a lot better than he yeah. did well, but I mean, if in all honesty, if you'd have put him in a late model with the other 36 guys mm -hmm. out there, he probably would have done better. Yeah. You know, it's just a different car. But yeah. it gave it gave him a taste of what NASCAR is. Right. Because I think he, he's more than more than capable of handling that, handling that job. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I, I have no doubt. But uh, it was a great race. Um, like I said, we'd like to see more of that, more short tracks in general dirt and asphalt um which we're gonna see another one this week at martinsville yeah the paper so. clip love it now we're recording this on a thursday right now so yeah. our our you know we can discuss other things other than martinsville but we mm -hmm. can discuss you know who we're taking with right. our fantasy league but as far as martinsville go uh throwing fantasy out yeah Who's your top drivers? My top drivers, and these are these are the three that I was considering, even because they are my top drivers. At Martinsville. At Martinsville. Yeah. So I've got three drivers and a dark horse. So one of them was Kyle Busch. Mm. He's one of my top three. Danny Hamlin. And Ryan Blaney. That's the three I was going between. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you, I think Kyle Busch is going to do it. You think so? I do. He's I... he's He don't have the best record there out of all them NASCAR drivers. True. But he's in a Chevy now. 
That's right. That, that's going to put him up front. Yeah, should. We'll see. <laughs> I'm putting a lot of faith in that bow tie this weekend. Yeah, you are. That's unlike you. But uh, but no, I, and, and I'm doing it more for Kyle Busch than I am the bow tie. Yeah. You know, I mean, Chevy makes a great product. I ain't going to lie. We, we like to bust each other's balls and shit, but... You know, there's good Fords, there's good Chevys, and there's lemons out there of every kind. Toyota. So those are called Toyotas, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's the three I was going with because, and and I know I know I'm saying that's a three that I was deciding between for the fantasy league, but I'm in that position now to where I'm gonna I'm gonna start using I'm gonna look at I'm not gonna be taking chances on I think this guy he's got a you know two percent chance to win. I'm going to yeah. save my drivers and this and that, but these are, this is legit, not, not fantasy at all. Those are the three guys I was looking at getting the win this weekend was Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, or Ryan Blaney. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's a Chevy, Toyota, and a Ford, and I wasn't even trying to do that. Yeah. But, uh, my dark horse was Chase Briscoe. That is a dark horse. Yep. That is a dark horse. Um... Well, when I think of Martinsville, I think of, of a couple, two or three drivers. Of course, you always got Martin Truex, you know. It's uh, Martin Truexville. It's obviously, it's it's one of his tracks that he's done the best on. You always think of Denny Hamlin. Denny does pretty good there. Um, always think of Brad Keselowski. He does pretty good. Um I don't know of a dark horse at Martinsville. Let me see. I'd have to think. I just don't know. I can't come up with a dark horse right now. Bowman's a good dark horse. Well, yeah. You yeah. know, he's in a strong car. Mm-hmm. And I, I, yeah, I don't usually but... think of Byron at Martinsville or Blaney. Blaney would probably have to be my dark horse yeah. if I had to pick one. Um, and you know, but I always think of Logano too at at Martinsville. He always does pretty good. Yeah. But <clears throat> I didn't pick any of those. I picked Byron, yeah, in the fantasy thing. So I went with Kyle Bush in the yeah. fantasy league, mm-hmm. but I I think he's gonna roll out this weekend, boy. I think he's gonna sh- I think he's gonna put he on might. a show. I he, think he's gonna get it get an early lead, and he's gonna keep that car clean. And, and this track is a lot similar to the Clash. Um, you know, it's a short track. I mean, obviously longer straightaways, but tight corners, just like Martinsville and at the Clash. Um, and he did good there. He finished what second or third? I think he got third. Did Dylan get second, or was yeah. it vice versa? Dylan got second, I believe. Okay, so so but yeah, them, I mean, RCR, you could them RCR cars have been strong all year, no matter where they've been. Yeah, you know, I mean, every track I've been used to, you couldn't, you didn't really worry about seeing an RCR car up front unless <clears throat> it was at a super speedway. Yeah, but I mean, Austin came great lengths in the last two seasons. Yeah, and, and he's really making strides this, this year, year now yeah. that he's got Bush More there so with him. More so than any year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, H, I was just talking to HR before we went on here. HR Scotty, he said uh, he said he was debating on taking Austin Dillon at this race. And I thought, really? He said, oh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to keep an eye on Austin Dillon. We'll see We'll see what I, HR is, uh, see what he's looking at, you know. Yeah. See what he's thinking. 
HR you never know. He keeps an eye on a lot of things. He does. You. He sometimes he keeps an eye on too much stuff. Right. But uh, and he lets us know about it. Oh, every time. <laughs> <laughs> every time. He said he had some complaints. He hasn't vented them to us yet, but uh, yeah, we will hear about them. I'm if sure. If anybody out there listening does have complaints, like I said, we'll 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 put HR's number on there. Yeah, before we'll too all, long. We'll yeah. always listen to your complaints, but we'll forward every one of them to HR, right. and that will get straightened out immediately. Yeah, he'll tell you exactly. Our HR does not mess around. No, 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 no punches held. No, he doesn't even. Um, Don't be sensitive if you're going to call exactly. that number. <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> he's gonna let you know the most direct way yeah we don't need any snowflakes calling that number <laughs> no. at all no <laughs> nope he'll let you know you're snowflake too <laughs> but i uh while we're on the topic of martinsville and we didn't discuss this earlier nothing like that but you got any favorite memory of martinsville you know we've talked about this in the yes, past with other tracks uh, i do um, Martinsville is one of the tracks that I've been to twice. Uh, it was actually the very first NASCAR race that I've been to. Uh, back in, I think it was 99, maybe. 98, 99, I don't remember. Can you go with Doug? Yes. Yeah. I went with Doug and another guy that we will not mention. Yeah. Um, which was Doug's best friend. Pretty good friend of mine at the time. Um, long since been disassociated with the, with the, uh, with the boys. But, um... <clears throat> We went there just on a whim, on a road trip, and it was my very first NASCAR race, and it pissed me off because Jeff Gordon won. Um, Jeff Gordon had a dominant car, but I do remember at that race, Dale Earnhardt Sr., and it was the only race I was ever at live where, before Dale Sr. passed away. He was like two or three laps down in this race, and he come back, and he was fighting for the lead late in the race, and he ended up finishing second. Um, so that, that pissed me off because, you know, my driver got second to a Jeff Gordon. Um, and the other memory that I have is I was at the Martinsville race where Kyle, uh, not Kyle Busch, but Kurt Busch and Tony Stewart got into it. And I think it was, was it Kurt Busch threw his helmet at Stewart? No. Stewart was it the other way around? Stewart, Stewart threw his helmet at Kurt. I was there and watched that, yeah. That happened in turn one and two. And then years later, he hires him as a driver. Yeah, and then he hires him. <laughs> but, I mean, he, he had to hire somebody, and he's been into it with everybody. So right, I mean, you know. And it, Kurt's it is a good driver. Is. I didn't like Kurt at the time, but... Uh, <clears throat> he, he's a respectable driver. Yeah, I like I like. Oh, he's that. a good dude. Yeah. He called me a while ago. We shooting the shit a little bit. Yeah. And and I do have an interesting Tony Stewart. I know you're a big Tony Stewart fan. And yeah. I'm, I'm a Tony Stewart fan. I'm not as big of a Tony Stewart fan as you are. But I've got a couple Stewart stories well, I mean, for you. I've I've got, uh, I've got. I know you've got one. I've got. You want to share one? No, that's all right. Okay. I'm, I'm just saying I've got three, three idols in my world. Uh, I can't tell you all three of them, but two of them are Layla Jennings <laughs> and Tony Stewart. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So that, that tells you anything about Justin Moore. Okay. Well, hold on here, just because of my curiosity, without you saying it out loud. I'm going to give you a pen and paper and write down that third name. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that and maybe discuss that one next week. Oh, okay, okay. I'll give, I got you. I'll give you that. <laughs> but uh, I've got a, I've got a couple of Tony Stewart stories you might like to hear. First, I'll go ahead and give you one of them right now. We were just driving through Columbus, Indiana, you know, home of Tony Stewart. And uh, <clears throat> I was, I don't remember where we were going. 
just me and my wife was in the car. And this was, I don't remember how many years ago this I was. I remember this day you sent me pictures. I sent you pictures while it was yeah. happening, yes. Um, but um, we're driving through the main strip there in Columbus. And there's just a lot of stores, a lot of restaurants and stuff on each side. I don't remember the name of the, of the street we were on. But uh, we were driving down through there. And, I, and as I'm going through, it was a four-lane highway. Right, you got two lanes going one way, two lanes going the other, and there's like a median lane, a turning lane there in the middle. And as I'm driving up through there, I see this orange Jeep pulling out of a uh, car parts store. And it just caught my eye because it was orange, you know. <clears throat> orange cars just tend to catch your eye. It's kind of a General Lee color, wasn't it? Exactly. It was General Lee orange. So it was, you know, perfect right there, just by being that. Right, that's going to catch anybody's eye. Yeah, and it was it was open Jeep, no roof on it, no doors on it, no nothing. You know, basic Jeep. And um, we're driving down through there. And I'm in the, I'm not in the far right lane, but I'm in the middle lane, right, going this one way. And I passed this Jeep, and I, something made me think, that guy looked familiar. And he had a hat on. He had a t-shirt, shorts on. He had one leg sticking up on the door there, you know, like most people do when they're driving their Jeep. And uh, <clears throat> I thought, he looked familiar. But I went by fast enough to where I couldn't tell who it was, right? So I, I'm looking in my rearview mirror, and he pulls out, and he's coming my direction. So I'm like, I'm going to slow down a little bit, just take a look at this guy, see if it's who I thought it was. And he's staying in the far right lane. So I'm slowing down even more so he can pull up beside me, right? And we get down through there, and I'm watching this Jeep in my rear view, and it's coming up on me. <clears throat> he's not speeding or nothing. He's he's abiding by all the rules of the road, you know. He's uh, So we get to this red light, and I'm the first one at the light. And I stayed in my lane, and, and I see this Jeep coming up. He's going to be the first one at the light right next to me. And as I see him coming, I was like, that is who I think it was. It, it was Tony Stewart. So then, naturally, me, I'm thinking, do I want to run him? <laughs> do I want to holler out this window and say, hey, let's go, bud? <laughs> I, I mean, you, you got to, that stuff's going to go through your mind. Exactly. You know? it, it went through my mind. And uh, I told my wife, you know, she was in the car with me at the time, and I, I said, hey, this, this orange Jeep coming up here. I said, this is Tony Stewart. She's like, what? She didn't believe me. I said, I promise you that this guy coming up here beside you, look at him when he comes up here beside you. That's Tony Stewart. And she knows what Tony Stewart looks like. You know, everybody does. But uh, as he's pulling up there beside us, uh, slowing down, she looks, by God, that is. That's Tony Stewart. So she starts taking pictures. And in the far right lane, <clears throat> there's another lane on the other side of him. Had this semi was sitting there, you know. And he's kind of looking around. I could see the semi-driver looking around. And he's seeing my wife taking pictures of this guy in the Jeep. So he's looking at the guy in the Jeep. And he does like a triple take. Right? And my wife even looked, or Tony even looked at my wife and kind of gave her a, you know, a head nod. Because he's seen that she was taking pictures. Because he's pretty cool. You know? Yeah. You know? I mean, Tony's pretty cool. Tony's I mean, pretty every cool Every time guy. somebody's rolled up to a stoplight taking pictures of me, I always give him a head nod. I guarantee it. And uh, so... That driver kind of looks, and then he realizes he's sitting beside Tony Stewart. So he rolls down his window. Hey, Tony, you know, how's it going? Tony gives him the head nod, you know, like he did. And then the light went green. I turned left. Tony went straight. And uh, so I thought, well, that's pretty cool. I had to pull over, and that's when I sent you the pics. I was like, you ain't going to believe this shit, but right. I just seen Tony Stewart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you wouldn't believe I was watching some uh, something on YouTube. 
maybe six, eight months after that incident that uh, I guess Tony Stewart was taking Jeff Gordon around his garage, right? Yep. right? Showing him the cars. Yeah, showing him all the race cars and different that. things. That orange Jeep was in the background. Yep. Had the hood up at the time, right next to all the toolboxes and stuff. I said, that's the Jeep that we seen him in, you know? So that just kind of verified everything. But uh, that was my one of my Tony Stewart stories. I've got another one for you that we'll save for another time. Well, I'll but, go ahead and fill everybody in on mine. But now, th- this story's going to come with some controversy, probably with... Probably no, with my not better... a story from you, I don't believe <laughs> Probably with my better half, because I have trouble remember, remembering our anniversary but i can tell you right now this has been a handful of years ago and it was on a monday at two o'clock when i met tony stewart <laughs> so you remember what you were wearing i do i've got evidence of it and i can tell you what fishing lure i was looking for when i met tony stewart so i went to bass pro i was off work on a monday and me and me and the uh, lady we we went to bass pro the kids were at school and everything and i needed some fishing lures so <clears throat> We, we head over to Bass Pro there in Clarksville, Indiana, and ain't nobody in the store. I mean, there's literally like seven people in the store on a Monday at 7 o'clock or 2 o'clock. Yeah. So, so, I mean, there's not a lot she's going to be interested in in the store. You know, she's right. not an outdoors girl, right. but she's my girl. So, I'm she goes to look at the fish tank or go upstairs, wherever she went. I said, I'm going to look for these lures. I was in the lure aisle myself nobody else around so i get to the section that i'm looking for these lures well the lure i need is on the bottom section of hooks so i squat down and uh sitting here looking at these lures the color and the lure that i'm looking for i'm now i'm just looking for the right weight so but you know i'm in the squat position for a few minutes looking at these and i notice somebody coming down the aisle from my peripheral vision, mm-hmm. somebody coming down the aisle. So naturally, being a good man that I am, you scoot forward a little bit so they can walk behind you. Right. Well, he goes on and walks behind me and uh, just keeps right on walking. So I, you know, my knees are getting to me by this point. So as soon as he gets past me, I kind of turn my head to the right to make sure he's past me before I stand up. Mm-hmm. Well, when I look to the right, I see him right there at the end of the aisle he was just going around the corner so i stood up and i said son of a bitch that was tony stewart <laughs> and he was right next to you no 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 I well mean, i mean but like, he walked past yeah you, he, so he, he was walked right, right behind me yeah. he could have gave me a wedgie you know what i mean yeah, I I mean, it was that close yeah. mm-hmm. and so he walks on past me and I, I just turned to make sure that the gentleman going past me was out of the way before i stood up right you know i'm not a small guy so when i stand up i'm gonna take up the aisle that's true so I stand up, he's going around the corner, and I said, hey, <laughs> just like that, and he stopped, here. <laughs> he stopped in his tracks, and he, he kind of just took a step back, and I said, you're Tony Stewart. <laughs> now, I oh, mean, no, you're telling Tony Stewart that he's Tony yeah, Stewart. Yeah, absolutely, okay. I okay. am, because I expected him to go, you're Justin Moore. Right, you know? right, as he, he should have. He didn't, okay. and we, we had to talk about that, but uh, I bet you did. So, I said, hey. And he stopped, and he just kind of, mid-stride, mid he stopped and turned around and looked at me. I said, you're Tony Stewart. And he just looked at me and smiled, and he said, yeah. All by himself. I mean, you'd think this guy. Think he'd have an entourage. Well, not even that. you think he'd have security. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Tony, right. Tony handle himself. Right. But, I know he can. But, yeah. I mean, somebody at that level, 
you know, I'm expecting like Secret Service shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Joe Biden mm-hmm. could have walked through there. I wouldn't have known. Right. Known he was even in the room. You some know? old man. Right. Mm-hmm. Walking into walls. You know, but, but anyhow, Tony looked at me and smiled and he said, yeah. So I, I'll start walking his direction and he starts walking my direction. I mean, it was, it was like a, like you, that scene in every movie, you know what I'm saying? You're running towards each other. Was there music playing? In, in my head. <laughs> Probably in Tony's head too. Well, anyway, we get, I, I get over to Tony, I shake his hand. I said, man, I said, I said, I'm a huge fan of yours. I said, you probably wouldn't believe me if I told you. And it probably sounded a little weird if I did of how big of a fan I am. Mm-hmm. And I said, I've, you know, I watched you race at Brownstown, watched your dad race over there, you know, just a huge fan. And I said, I appreciate everything you do for the sport. Love watching you on TV. And uh, he said, well, thanks, thanks. And he said, what's your name? I said, Justin Moore. And so he knows now. Yeah. So, anywho. <clears throat> Well, he's a friend of the show. I mean, he knows you right, now after, right. after that. Yeah, Tony and I are buds. Yeah. So, fist bump, Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyhow, Lisa comes. I'm talking to this guy for maybe five minutes. Mm-hmm. And Lisa comes walking from wherever she was coming from. And uh, Now, she has no idea no, who this no, guy Lisa, is. No, okay. no. Lisa, Lisa's not a NASCAR fan. She's not an outdoors fan. She's she's a Justin Moore fan, right? You know, so <laughs> and there's a lot of them out there. There is, I know, I understand. So, so she comes walking up. Me and Tony are talking, and I said, "Hey, honey," I said, "Uh, this is Tony Stewart." She said, "Who?" <laughs> <laughs> You're fucking embarrassing me, Mom. You know. I mean, <laughs> And I said, Tony Stewart. You, you know, know, that guy Tony I talk Stewart, about all the time. You know, Hall of Famer, you know, NASCAR <laughs> champion. And she's like, oh, okay, okay, I got it now. Yeah. You know, and she's like, I know how important this is to you. She's like, yeah. and and she shook Tony's hand. And he said, nice to meet you, Lisa. And she's like, I'm going to tell you, you don't know what a fan of the, of you, you know, you don't know what a fan of yours is until you meet Justin. Yeah. You know, she's like, he, he, that you're his man crush. And I'm like, come on, don't make it sound weird, you know? <laughs> and so she says, uh, she said, well, I was wondering whose hand he was shaking for so long. She said, I, the whole time I was walking down the stairs coming over here, you were shaking his hand and talking to him. You wouldn't let go of his hand. <laughs> that eye contact couldn't be broken. Right. No, right. I no, understand. It wasn't. <laughs> Unicorns could have went to that room and nobody known. Nobody. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So anyhow, he he kind of laughs about it, and he says, "Well, don't worry, Lisa. He's going home with you." Yeah. And I said, <laughs> "Maybe." Uh, <laughs> that's that's exactly. I said, "Tony, don't count your chickens." Yet. <laughs> I said, "I said, Tony, don't count your chickens yet." And he just kind of laughed. I said, "Depends what you got out there in the parking lot, right? <laughs> what we're taking home." And uh, he kind of laughed, but I'll tell you what, it, it was it was meant to be because I actually had on a, a Kevin Harvick shirt that day, and mm-hmm. real big across the bottom, it says Stuart Hall's Racing. And so me and Tony and Lisa, for part of the time, is standing there for about 45 minutes talking, just, just about, not even about racing, you know, we're just talking. And um, I had Lisa take a picture of me and tony which you know a lot of people have seen obviously mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. a 
it's on my wall in my house. Right. You know. Um, so, so me and Tony, we say, say what we're going to say. We conversate for a while. We go our own ways. And he goes on looking for his fishing lures. And I go on walking through Bass Pro and I'm looking at these pictures of me and Tony. <laughs> You know, and and Lisa's walking beside me. <laughs> she's making sure you don't trip at this point. Right, she's yeah. walking beside me. She's That's like, a good woman, right? She there. said, "You know what?" She said, "That'd been cool if you could have got him to sign that shirt." And it was just like I didn't even think about it. Right, you, you know? had bigger things to think about at right. the moment. Right, I was talking with Tony. Right, you know, so and it just it just it was like a punch in the face. I'm like, holy shit! I've got a Stuart Hall shirt on. I just talked to Tony. You missed an opportunity. I right did. There. So yeah. so I go run it up to. I don't know if Tony's still in the store by this Looking time. Looking like a kid running out to recess, no, probably. So I go right. run it up to the customer service desk, and there's some 16-year-old, 16, 17-year-old kid <laughs> working at this counter. Joked. <laughs> there's some kid working the customer service desk by himself. You right? scared the hell out of this kid. Oh, I'm I, sure I was running. Like, <laughs> like, like, like he just hit my mom you know right. what i'm saying i'm running up there and i said hey i said let me borrow that marker real quick and he said i mean this kid's being calm and collected as could be yeah and well good for him right and he says my marker <laughs> i said I said, yes, your fucking marker. Let me <laughs> let me have your marker. And he was like, he just picks it up and looks at it. And I'm like, dude, I'll bring it right back. I promise. Yeah. I, I take my, now this is how serious I am about this. And I'm not exaggerating a bit. I take my wallet out of my back pocket and I slam it down on the counter and take his marker out of his hand and said, I'll be right back. Hold that until I get back. That, I'll bring your marker back to you. Right. <laughs> Well, I go, like, I don't even know where Lisa is at this point. I, like, when she said, that'd be cool if he signed your shirt, yeah. I left her. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm gone. You'll meet up with her Right. Later. I got yeah. blinders on like a racehorse right. now. I'm going to customer service, get a damn marker, <laughs> and I'm going to find Tony, because Bass Pro's a big store, and I don't yeah. know where he's at. So, so I grab the marker, leave my wallet on the customer service table, and go running back to where I seen him last. Uh-huh. He's not in the fishing lures anymore. Oh, hell. Yeah. So next step, do I page Tony Stewart or do I keep running? Because <laughs> I'm a big boy. Running is a small option. Right. So, <laughs> so I, my next thought is, do I page Tony Stewart or do I just keep going? So I, I, I went to the fish tank. So I'm like, if he's not the fish tank, we're going to page Tony Stewart. Uh-huh. I, so I go jogging back to the fish tank. So he's standing there looking at these big fish. He was? Yeah. Okay. He was standing there. He's standing right in the middle of the store. Right in the middle of the store. Nobody around him. He was probably debating on jumping in that tank and grabbing that fish. Right. Noodling that fish. Exactly. I mean, Tony Stewart's freaking cool. You know what I'm saying? He could noodle in there if he wanted to. And and nobody's going to stop him. Right. So so I go up, kind of gently walk up behind Tony and say, excuse me, Tony. Put your hand on his shoulder. No, no, I didn't, okay. I didn't touch him. I didn't want to spook him. Right. You know, so so I go walking up behind Tony. I said, excuse me, Tony. He turns around and he goes, hey, Justin. Just like that. Right there. He knows. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I said, man, I said, I, I was too busy talking and everything. I was like, I didn't even realize. I said, I don't wear my Tony Stewart shirts anymore since you retired because I want to keep them. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I don't want to wear them out. Mm-hmm. But uh, you can't even get most tony stewart shirts anymore 
I said, but I've got a Kevin Harvick shirt on, and it says right here, Stuart Hoss Racing. I said, because you're my guy, man. And he's like, well, I'll tell you what, Justin. If you're not wearing a Tony Stewart shirt, that's the next best shirt you can wear. I said, you're damn right it is. <laughs> and I said, would you do me a favor and sign it for me? He goes, absolutely. <clears throat> now, and, and it's, I've got the shirt still at home. I know you do. Yeah, so... <clears throat> So it's a uh, so I had him take that permanent marker, sign my shirt. He signed it right there. Signed right on the titty. Right, right up on the the muscle part. Of About the titty. midway between yeah. titty and shoulder. Right. So okay, I mean, got you. A real good firm spot, you know. So yeah. you, could, you could tell exactly what that was. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so he signed it. We talked for another minute. I said, "Well, I said I know you're in here to do your thing, not be bothered." I said, "Appreciate your time." Fist bumped him. Dropped the marker like a bike. <laughs> Walked the fuck back up there to the customer service desk. The boy wasn't even looking. <laughs> Grabbed my wallet. Went and found Lisa and we left the store. <laughs> dropped the marker. Like a mic, son. Because you know what? I mean, why wouldn't you drop the marker after he's like, hey, Justin. Why didn't you keep it? Well, nah, it what? Tony Stewart used to. I've got it. Yeah, but I'm not that big of a. Okay, I got you. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I've got my shirt, I got my pictures, you know, everything like that, and I got my memory. So yeah, and it's just right up the road, right? You know, anytime, right? So yeah. <clears throat> I'm that, sure maybe he'll be in here one of these days to to validate that uh, story. But I, I, it is a true story. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I know it's a true. My story. old lady would validate every bit of it. I guarantee it because she tells people to this day. I got a phone call right after it happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, I, looking back, I almost thought. I should have bought some fishing lures and had him sign them, you know, yeah. but I didn't want it to turn into a, a thing for Tony because I'll tell you what, there's been over the years and Tony Stewart's a hometown boy for us. Yeah. Over the years, there has been so many stories, people, you know, and different, you know, dirt fans and NASCAR fans saying, man, you know, Tony Stewart's a real asshole. You know, he's a prick. He, he's this and he's that. He can be. Uh, who can't be right you know what exactly I'm saying? so so you know I'll, i mean for him to take time out of his day when he didn't have nothing going on mm -hmm. nobody bothered him stood there and talked to me for 35 45 minutes cut up with me and lisa and even went back and had him sign my shirt and we like i said we didn't even talk about racing you know i don't remember everything we talked about but he is one of the nicest guys, you know, especially celebrity level. And he can be level. that too, yes, yes. Especially at a celebrity <laughs> level. He he was just super nice, super calm, real polite. He was very nice to Lisa, very respectful, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it just left an impression with me because it's <clears> like, you know, I've heard all these shit stories about him being such a prick and everything like that now I, I will say anybody in this world but especially at his level when right. you've got thousand people crowding around you or 500 people crowding around you or 200 people crowding around you asking questions putting cameras in your face wanting you to just bothering the fuck out of you you right. know what i'm saying like mosquitoes <clears throat> mm -hmm. you're gonna get annoyed annoyed and sometimes aggressive right don't bother me and don't bother him Mm -hmm. when they're in that position when they're in that state you know it's yeah. uh 
don't poke the bear. Yeah. But, but my story is to set everybody straight. One of the na- nicest, classiest guys I've ever met. Yeah, and one of my first times I was at Brownstown before I actually started racing up there, um, and it was his first year in Winston Cup. So we're looking at ninety nine, two thousand, yep. something like that, somewhere in that neighborhood. I don't remember the exact year, but uh, <clears throat> I went there, and it was Tony Stewart night at Brownstown. And uh, the place is packed. You couldn't put another car in the parking lot. And But the stands were somewhat empty. Um, so they run the whole show that night. <clears throat> I think the show had Dirt Lake models. At the time, we didn't have the... Uh, uh, they, they were open late models. They were the, the outlaw, basically, to run what you brought. Um just the regular dirt late models at the time. We didn't have the crates back then, is what I'm getting at. So it was late models, I think it was modifieds and, and regular bombers was the show that night. But uh, there wasn't too many people in the stands. Because Tony Stewart was out there in the parking lot. He had a tent set up. He was autographing, taking pictures and all that. Because it was first year in Cup. Hometown boy in Cup. Yep. There must have been a line that stretched around the fairgrounds. All night long. That's a big fairground. That is a big fairground. And that line was, it was stupid long. Yeah. You know, everybody in there was getting Tony Stewart autographs that night. And he signed autographs all night long. I never went and got an autograph because I didn't want to stand in that line. But, because uh, I knew eventually, you know, me and Tony would be, would be cool. Yeah. But, uh, <clears throat> but uh, I didn't get that. But all night long, he just sat there and signed autographs. And I thought, that's pretty cool. And it was his rookie year, so he nobody at the Give cup level back. knew who Tony Stewart really was or what he was they, capable of or what was coming in the They didn't the know the storm on the horizon. Right. But, <laughs> but everybody there at Brownstown was getting his autograph. So. And a lot of guys, you know, at that level might say, I'm going to do this for two hours or whatever, but he sat there all night long and did it. And I thought that was pretty cool of him. So. Yeah. Giving but, something back to the people. Yeah. You know, that's where he... I mean, that's where he started. That's his roots, that track right there, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it's one of them, so. So, anyhow. What are uh, you looking forward to this week in Martinsville? I'm looking to Anything? a whole lot of rubbins racing. That, yeah. that, that's the normal at Martinsville. But going back to Martinsville, let me give you my best memory of Martinsville. And this ain't about, this ain't about uh, collision. This ain't about a great nose-to-nose finish. I'm, I'm a big... Clint Boyer fan too. I like Clint Boyer. Yeah, yeah. or as they say in the South, Clint Boyer. Clint Boyer. Yeah. So, so you know, his <clears throat> his actually is his last Cup win was at Martinsville, and it, I believe, and Clint, you can call me if I'm wrong, correct me, but I believe it was the first win after his little boy was born, and Clint won the race. And my, that's my favorite memory of Martinsville is when he won that race, his little boy was, I mean, just, he was young, very young. Like he, he may have been walking for a year or something like that. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But Clint won that race and he, he came around the, he came around the track, parked his car, took his helmet off. I mean, he wasn't about jumping off the car for the fans or nothing like that but he climbed out of his car took his helmet off and his little boy was already running down the track that's awesome to him and you know i just remember that that's burnt my mind when he climbed out of that car threw his helmet on top of it 
and he turned towards the front of his car and his little boy he was just all you see was <laughs> elbows going you know he's running to dad and and clint bends down and picks him up and you know I, i'm a i'm a father of three boys and two girls you know and <clears throat> that that really just hit home for me yeah but, stuff know, like that brings a tear to your yeah eye, absolutely you know? and you know that he got to enjoy that with his little boy that that that's my best my favorite martinsville memory is yeah, clint I, getting that win because i'm a fan of clint and to see him and his son have that moment yeah at such a young age was awesome that is awesome well i'm like you i'm looking forward to a lot of <clears throat> rubbing beating and banging and uh I'd like to see Kevin get a win, Harvick, obviously. I would like to see Harvick get. I'd like to see him get a couple wins Man, this I th- year. I think he's. he's I don't think it. he's going to do it at Martinsville. I don't. He, he might surprise you. He, uh, Kevin's mean, always. He's always up for a surprise. I'm sure. Um, I he's don't always to, glad to be back on the asphalt. That's why. Oh, I, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a dirt fan. No, I, I. But he, and that's why I say he can do it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. He can pull out a win just about anywhere. You know. But he's driving a Ford, though. I mean, this is like a drag. This is like a drag strip. Yeah, I know. It's not fair to the ship. It's a couple of drag course. strips with with a couple of hairpin turns in there, so it's not going to bode too well for a Ford, I don't think. Well, I mean, Fords will be the only ones finish the race. <clears throat> I mean, they might not have the horsepower that you're saying Chevy's got, but they'll finish the race. <laughs> so. But one of the things I'm looking forward to, and this is probably for fantasy reasons, is. <clears throat> You know, this is one of the uh, tracks that they say is Truex's hometown track because it has Martin right in the name, you know. So, I haven't been in trouble with HR for a few weeks now, and this that, that might be a record for me. HR, he's always looking for a reason to yell at me, and I haven't given him one. I thought for sure he was going to get me with Bell hitting yeah. Byron a couple weeks ago, but he never did. He didn't, he didn't, he's not too pretty, bad. He's pretty pissed about it, but he didn't beat us up too bad. No, he didn't beat us up too bad. I thought for sure he will. But this week, I'm, I'm kind of, if he's telling me the truth, he told me he picked Truex. Now, he did. I wouldn't mind seeing, seeing Truex getting bumped up into the wall, maybe no, turned it's, around. It's not Truexville, but it is Martinsville. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I always wonder about so, that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh,. <clears throat> That's really all I'm looking for. I mean, I'm looking forward to a good race. I mean, Martinsville, Martinsville never is really a, disappoints. No, it don't. It's 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 usually a good race. Uh, but I don't know of too many short tracks that do disappoint. So it's one of them. So looking forward to a good race this year. Hopefully, it can be drama free as far as penalties and all that jazz. I know one big thing that we forgot to mention. Um, Chase Elliott's going to be back this week. Yep. Surprised now, to both of us. Yes. Yeah. We were talking about this before we went on the air here. I I don't remember how many weeks he's already been out, but it's been at least four, four or five. five. <clears throat> if I was him, I would just go ahead and sit out Martinsville and Talladega, and come back at Dover. Right, and we we discussed that, and yes, just like you and I both agreed on. We I mean we were basically saying at the same time. I mean it's a broken left leg that he went out with. Yeah. You know, so Martinsville, there's there's some shifting and breaking involved. Yeah, you know, a lot, a lot of it. A lot of breaking. <laughs> which, you know, that, that's gonna that could put a whooping on your left leg. That could hurt. And then of course at Talladega, you you've always and everybody talks about it. You always gotta worry about the big one. Right, which yeah. could hurt it again. Yeah. So I am really surprised that he's back. And 
but maybe he's better off than we think he is as far as that leg goes, and, and he would be a threat to win at Martinsville. You know, um, Chase Elliott at 100% could win. Oh, yeah. I think a Chase Elliott at 85% could win at Martinsville. Is he 85% or is he 100% is he 70 We don't know. Well, I think I think Chase <clears throat> Chase is a he's a very sensible person. I feel like you know I've never met the guy. Mm-hmm. I've never seen him in Bass Pro. Right. You know, but <laughs> <laughs> not yet. He shops at Napa. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think you know just from seeing him on TV and listening to some of his chit chat and stuff, I think he's a pretty sensible kid. Mm-hmm. You know, had had a very intelligent dad. You know. So, um, I don't think he'd come. His dad by. drove a Ford, though, didn't he? I yeah, think I just, he might be smarter than dad. If he's driving a Chevy, dad drove a Ford. Well, I mean, he, his dad drove a Ford because he earned it. You know, I mean, he didn't. That's why he <laughs> you never started, got. You started a Chevy. <laughs> That's why he never got in front of Dale Senior. <laughs> no, he didn't get in front of Dale because he wanted to keep that Ford. <laughs> but uh, anywho, I think Chase is a pretty sensible kid. Um, mm-hmm. I think he, you know, he seems like the type of guy that would listen to his body and know, you know, he's drove Martinsville a hundred times already. Yeah. He would know if he could handle it or not. Yeah. And I think if he couldn't, he would be honest with Rick and Jeff and say, hey, you know, I'm going to hold off another week. Yeah. And and you never know. I mean, all this breaking and, and shifting, like you said, <clears throat> may take a toll on that leg and he might be like, hey, it was a little bit tougher than I thought it would be. A little be. too soon. Yeah, so maybe I'll sit out at Talladega just in case, you know, and I'm sure they wouldn't have a problem with that. Um, well, I mean, at Talladega, you shouldn't be using that left leg at all. No. But but you still have the worry of the big one. You, right. I mean, most most of the guys that are involved in the big one never had anything to do with causing it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be a pretty good show. Yeah. I just, I just hope everybody is... Uh, <clears throat> I like seeing the drama between the drivers, but I don't want to see the dra- the drama as far as penalties and NASCAR happening to step in to any of that. So, but you know, like we talked about uh, Chase coming back this week, I, I would like to touch on. I think I think Josh Berry performed pretty damn well in yeah. in Chase's absence. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm talking about on road courses, on dirt, short tracks. I mean, I think Josh Berry did a hell of a good job. Mm-hmm. So, and Josh Berry does really good at Martinsville. He has had very good success at Martinsville. So, uh, this, and that's another reason that maybe Chase might be pushing it a little too soon. Just go ahead and let Barry no, take I mean, that, that seat. That's like seeing somebody else out with your wife. You know what I I'm know, saying? You, Chase know. is looking at TV seeing somebody in the number <clears throat> nine half a car. You yeah. know, I mean, that's... It's tough to see. It is. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, you're going to want to get back here as soon as possible. Right. You know. <laughs> but, and, and I don't think Martinsville is a track that you really want to have a substitute driver for. No. You know, because... But, this but isn't he'd be, 1985. You can't just rip be, out of that car and throw somebody else in it real quick. Right, but he'd, he'd be a good one to have yeah. as a sub. Oh, yeah. I'm sure yeah. he'll be standing by just in case, but I don't think we'll see that uh, take place. But that's really all I've got for uh, <clears throat> Bristol last week, Martinsville this week. We'll see what happens. We'll see what uh, see what unfolds there in Virginia. So let's get into these standings. You want to do these uh, fantasy standings? 
we got a little bit to talk about. We've got a couple shout-outs to give. I've got one. I've got a couple positives and one negative. Go ahead. My two positives. Josh, he's second in the standings. Bro. And anybody can see these standings on RidingTheWall.com. They're yep. updated. He's sitting second. Thanks, Eric. <clears throat> yeah, big thank you to Eric again uh, for that website. But um, okay, yeah, bro, bro, he's up or <clears throat> Josh picked now. the winner last week. Yeah, he picked C Bell. He was the only one to pick that winner. He did really good. He's up to second. He is a a good little ways behind Hunter. I'm. I'll be honest with you. I'm getting tired of talking about Hunter. Thirty three points behind first place. <laughs> Thirty three points ahead is Hunter over Josh and. Um, we need to see that deficit get cut. Because all last year, I've seen Hunter at the top. And this year so far... <laughs> We're going to have to steal that almanac. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, bro, Something's bro, going on there. But bro's done a good job, Josh. <clears throat> he did a good job there. i got to give a shout-out to Lou, Mom. Yep. She uh, she threatened us last week. so she, she moved up three spots. She moved up three spots. She did really good. So we're going to give a shout-out to Lou. Hopefully he can move up a few more spots. Um, that's the two positives that I got the negative that I have is the person that's tied with me um, which would be Jess my wife she is uh, she dropped 10 spots from 4th to 14th that's what happens when you pick Logano she needed a parachute (laughs) for that drop yes Um, and (laughs) The first, I'm pretty sure the first three cautions of that race all involved that 22 car. Yeah. And to see her face every time it happened, she was not happy. Was you not, smiling every time? On the inside. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do it openly because <laughs> she was within smacking range. You right, know? <laughs> right. And Joey, honestly, I, I said, well, that's what happens when you pick Joey Logano. But that, in all honesty, I mean, Joey Logano is a solid pick at any track, especially there. After He's she got... told me who she picked, I thought... My gosh, she's probably got the best pick on the board. Right. You know, and she was the only one to pick him. This is where the luck and yes. the bad luck come into play in the fantasies in the fantasy side of things is you can pick the best odds driver out there and, and they've it don't got mean they've nothing. got just as much chance of being a wreck as the other thirty seven, thirty eight guys do. Yeah. So so still this week last week Scott was one point ahead of me. This week H.R. Scotty is three points ahead of me. We both had good picks. He took Reddick. Uh, Reddick got second. Yeah. I got fourth with Stenhouse. Well, I mean, you're staying respectable right there. Well, I mean, that's I mean, just... Absolutely. I didn't burn a Reddick, and I still got fourth. I mean, come on. Right. I'll take it. Yeah. You know? So, <laughs> I'm coming for him. Uh-huh. I'm on his bumper right now. Mm-hmm. And and if, uh, if I don't pass him this week at Martinsville, I may just dump him. Who, yeah, you took Kyle Busch. I took Kyle Busch. And he took the Truex. Yep. And Chevy might run over at Toyota this weekend. Oh, I don't doubt that at all. Well, at least you're going to get yelled at if that happens. I took Byron. I took another Chevy. I took Byron. Because um, initially, I thought, who am I going to pick? Of course, like I said, Truex and Hamlin stood out. But I thought, <clears throat> everybody is going to take... Truex or Hamlin you're going to have a lot of those picks so in order to move up if one of those drivers have some bad luck you got to take someone else right so that's why I took Byron 
Byron's been hot all year. Um, even though his his backup crew chief is now suspended, <laughs> yeah, he's got his real crew chief back. So well, I'll tell you, just because this is Thursday and the, the most of the picks are in. Oh yeah, it's seven. It's seven okay. fifteen so, right yeah. now. So we're we're locked in. Yeah, we're locked in. So I'll tell you right now. Eighty-five <clears> percent <throat> of the picks hmm. are Byron. What? Blaney. A couple. How many people picked Byron? Well, I don't even have them all on here yet. Okay. But out of out of the fifteen that I've got listed on here now, and I've got a bunch of messages, so I'm sure it's the other picks. Out mm -hmm. of the fifteen, <clears throat> this is gonna piss me off, ain't it? If if a bunch of people pick Byron. Boy, I'm going to be mad as hell. Out of the 15, five of them are Byron's. What about people that's around me? We're looking at Jess, Earl, Little D, Jess Brian. took Byron. Well, yeah, she told me that yeah. just a couple hours ago. So Jess, Earl, uh, his is probably in the messages. Uh, who else? Earl probably picked Bubba, didn't he? I was expecting Scotty to see. pick Bubba because I know Bubba is his favorite driver. No, Earl's message right there. I'll let you read it. He went with Larson? Yep. Yeah, buddy. What? At Martinsville? Yes, sir. That, oh, I'm going to have to question that. I'm going to send him a text right now. Hold on. <laughs> so, so a lot of Byron's, one-third of them that I had listed before all the picks got turned in, One five of the 15 were Byron's already. And I think there was four son of a bitch four Blaney's out of the fifteen. I'm fine with that. Uh, one Bell, Mom took Bell, <clears throat> uh, which he's hot. He's he's got he's got he's got momentum behind him. He's got him. the momentum, yeah. So not a bad pick. Um, I took Kyle Bush, like I said, you know, and I know he's not a odds-on favorite for this track, but I got faith in Kyle. So it's going to be a going to be a good race for fantasy it's going to be a good race for nascar fans uh, oh yeah definitely i just uh who did hunter pick did he does he yeah hunter had his pick turned in we need to know who's going to finish in the top three right hunter <laughs> took blaney hmm and josh do you have josh on there let's see blaney and for any of you wanting to know out there that's not in this league um, these league standings are on, like I said, ridingthewall.com. You can pull that up. Look at these standings at any time. They're active. they got top five, top tens. Eric's done a hell of a job on this. Um, so you can always see these standings, and you can know exactly what we're talking about. But as you're saying, Josh? Blaney. He took Same Blaney. as Hunter. Oh, That's damn. good for the... Good, well... Well, you're not going to cut into Hunter's lead by that, <laughs> right, unless right. unless Blaney wrecks early. But that's, that's, the, that's part of the great thing about this league is... You gotta take a you roll the dice on who you're gonna use. You know, I always look at who's around me just like you brought up. Because I can't pass anybody in front of me if they take the same driver as I do. Nobody else has took Kyle Bush yet, which could be a bad thing. <laughs> but it might it's it not, might be it might pay off too. It might, you know, that's and that's where you're thinking outside the box, you know, because exactly. I'm Martin's, up to ninth. <clears throat> right. Right. You're up to ninth. HR is right there in eighth place. Yep. Um, 
And that's what you want to do in this league is kind of think outside the box because there's certain tracks like Martinsville, uh, maybe even Talladega next week where there's going to be a lot of drivers or a lot of people that pick the same driver. So in order know. to make up ground, you have to kind of go against the grain but think outside the box. I think at Talladega you're going to see a lot of dark horses picked. Just like... You're thinking maybe some Bubba's and McDowell's? Yeah. And I'm not even going to talk about mine. I'm, I'm not going to talk about mine either. <laughs> I don't want to give but anybody I, uh, any insight. I mean, you're definitely going to see everybody pulling these super speedway guys out right. of, of the of the hat. You know what I'm saying? So it's uh, but you, you I think you're going to see some Noah Graysons. I think you're going to see some uh, Almondingers. I think you're going to see Almondingers at Talladega. Uh, yeah, really. Keep an eye out on it. Well, I'm going to tell you right now. If you're picking Almondinger at Talladega, I think you're going downward. And I'm a Dinger no. fan. No, I'm a Dinger fan too, but. I do like the dinger. Yep. I'm not going to say that out loud too often. But <laughs> but, I, but I think you're going to see some dingers out there. I think you're going to see some people pick the dinger at Talladega. It's a, I know it's a super speedway, but just let's see how it turns out. Now, I can understand some Justin Haley's of the world out there taking them picks. I mean, I, I took Haley at Daytona at the 500. Yep. Um, <clears throat> hmm. But, you know... I, I'm, I'm think, expecting to see a lot of Bubba's. And well, McDowell's. here's what I'll say. I'm but glad. I'm glad we're seeing a lot of Ryan Blaney's pick this week. Because I will say this: I'm not saying I'm going to pick him, but he is my favorite to win the Talladega. Blaney does very well at Daytona and Talladega. Yeah, he does. The two guys that are my my two Talladega guys that I know without a doubt I could pick them. And have all the confidence in the world. It's the winningest Talladega guy of all time. Well, I can't say all time because I'm not positive on that. But in recent years, he's got six wins there. Brad Keselowski. And Ryan Blaney's right there with him to me. Yeah. He he is a young Keselowski. Well, Blaney, it seems like, and this is just what I've noticed. I don't know the stats. I don't know the history. I don't know all of that. But what I have noticed is that on these super speedways, Blaney's always right there. Yep. You know, um, he don't always get the wins, but he's right there around the second, third place. When you see that snapshot of these leaders crossing that finish line, you see that twelve, but car that's what right I, that's what I like about Blaney or love about Blaney. I'll say is, it's almost like that guy. He's never leading on the last lap, right? But he knows that boy. That boy's phenomenal on when to make that move. You mm-hmm. see people make it too early. You see people make it too late. But when Ryan Blaney makes that move, it's like he always does it at the right time. Yeah, yeah, and and that was one of the things that fantasy league taking that into consideration it pissed me off at the daytona 500 because blaney wrecked early <clears throat> he had a bad car he was limping around the track he's he's doing all this stuff but he always seems to get that lucky dog he always seems to get that wave around he always seems and and then he's right there at the end you know i he's mean he a had well <laughs> well of there in the end i mean come on i mean he was gimping around that track it seemed like he was just he was just back there Lap or two down, and then and then when when the checkered flag's flying, he's in the top ten. It's like how did he even do that, yeah. you know? And it it aggravates me. But when you're thinking of super speedways, Ryan Blaney is probably the first one I think of now. 
yeah. you know, um, not always been that way, but now it is. And well, you you know he's on a strong team. He's got he's yeah, always yeah. got a strong car. Yeah, um, he's a very talented wheel man. Mm-hmm. It's like his crew are very they they are very. Um, They have a plan and they stick to it. I don't know what word I'm looking for, yeah. but they they are very strict on themselves. When they go into Talladega or Daytona, it's like th- th- that team, that number twelve team, they always have that plan, mm-hmm. and they stick to it and they perform. And, and even, it works out. Even when they get down, like you said, they get down and he gets those laughs back. He's mm-hmm. always right there in the end, and they've proven that over and over again. And it's it's like he knows it's not a sprint, you know. It's it's that long marathon of a race that just keep at it, keep at it, yeah. keep at it. You'll be there. Well, like and, I said, it'll. I, th- I think it'll be. You'll be surprised. I think to see how many people pick pick Almendinger because that boy's fast. And well, he's in a Chevy. Well, so he's got to be fast. Well, he is. Yeah. I mean, that comes with the territory, right? So, <laughs> so, uh, but no, I think, I think you'll see well, a lot of people don't, don't know, you know, you don't, some people don't want to use Blaney on a Talladega because you're burning a great driver on a, what if he gets caught in a big one, you know? Right. I mean, Daytona Talladega, you're throwing darts at the wall. Right. Exactly. Know? So, I mean, you've got your Ty Dillon's, your... Noah Grayson's, Chris Bushers, those those mid-level guys out there that this is a great track to pick them on. But taking A.J. Allmendinger on this track, I don't think you'll see a lot of people taking, but I think you're going to see some people take a chance on him. And it wouldn't be a bad chance. I mean, to be he's honest. fast. Yeah. So, well, well, folks. I'm trying to get around... Well, I'm trying to break this tie with Jess, which I guess I'm not going to this week since we no. picked the same driver. I'm trying to pull away from Brian a little bit. He's still right there drafting off it's of me. It's hard to get away from that guy. Yeah, it is. You know. And and Earl's right there in front of me, 10 points ahead. But he picked Larson. I think I might. Well, I, I will know. say, too. I, mean, I, I don't know. I will say, though, something that surprised me is Donovan got back in front of you. You know that that really well, little D. We're gonna make him feel good for a little while. You yeah, know, he pulled back in front of you. He did, but one person that dropped way down below me is Jeremy. He was right in front of me last week. He dropped eight spots. He likes to talk, but he didn't back it up this week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he didn't say a whole lot this week, did he? <laughs> no, he didn't. No, but he will though. When he gets back up there, he'll he'll start. I'm sure he will. I don't. He'll, he'll I do not doubt up. that. But. Well, we'll see what happens at Martinsville. See if you can pass H.R. Scotty. I think it'll happen. You think so? I think so. Bump him going into turn three last lap. That'd be fun. Well, I mean, we're, we're better to ride the wall than Martinsville. Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of where the name came from. <laughs> Even though I'm not a uh, Ross Chastain fan, you know, his move is what kind of helped give the name to this podcast. So. Well, me and you, we've... Rode quite a few racing walls herself, you know. Yeah, just have. you know, being uh, spectators of the sport. You mm-hmm. know, I know you've you've made a few laps out there yourself. I've made a few. Mm-hmm. So, well, folks, 
think we're gonna wrap it up now yep we're gonna wrap it up we'll see what happens at martinsville we'll be back next week to talk about martinsville and look forward to talladega and any of the drama uh, that love, happens love Dega day that's a national holiday at the moore household it is it yeah, is absolutely it's gonna be a good one to watch we'll see what happens i and, usually uh, wake up drinking don't put clothes on watch uh, got no the TV. pants sunday nothing, huh nothing, nothing. <laughs> I got my. I pull the cooler. I don't want to visualize. I pull the cooler in the living room. I keep the back door open. The smoker rolling. Right. You know, and it's digging all day, baby. So. You got the. You got the little, the the clamps for the smoker. The, you know, nope. the cooking utensils in your hand the whole time. Nope. You got an apron on. You're butt naked and like on the couch. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't usually sit down. I usually stand in front of the TV and kick the coffee table out of the way and stand there, and. You know, my guy's winning. I'm helicopter dancing. I guarantee it. <laughs> you always got a good opportunity for a helicopter. Right. So my guy's not winning. I'm cheering him on. There Get you up go. there, boy. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that'll that'll wrap it up for this week. Uh, like I said, we'll be back next week to talk about it. Yeah, thanks uh, everybody for listening. I appreciate everybody that's listening. Um, like I said, go to uh, ridingthewall.com. Check out these league standings. You can get any of the past episodes on that website also. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Tell your dad. Tell your girlfriend. Um, tell your wife and your girlfriend. <clears throat> exactly. But they probably already know. Yeah. So we'll talk to you next week. And uh, enjoy your weekends at the races wherever you're going. And we'll talk to you next week. Right in the face. Oh,